On this episode, I respond to a listener question that helped me to reframe what coaching for leaders is all about and I believe will be of great help to you. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 197. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show to help leaders improve their communication, strategy, coaching, productivity, and personal mastery. And it is all of those things, and it's more than that, too. And we'll talk about that more in today's episode. And I am so glad that you joined me for today's show because today I'm doing something a little bit different than I normally do. Normally we have guests on every episode and then one Monday a month, Bonnie and I, the first Monday a month, Bonnie and I get together and respond to listener questions. This particular question came in actually a few months ago and originally I was going to include it as part of one of the Q&A shows. As I've started, as I've been thinking about this question over the last couple of months and and how to fit it into one of the shows, I realized that this question actually bared an entire episode in order to respond to it in the way that it had gotten me thinking about since I've seen this question. So let me first of all read the question to you and then offer a response. And it's a two-part question here. So here it is. This question is from Candace. Candace says, I've been listening to your podcasts for some time and have greatly enjoyed the tips, information, and personal examples. I am in a leadership role and have benefited from your episodes. Well, thank you, Candace, for saying that. And she goes on to say, interesting to me is that I can tell a difference in your demeanor and voice when you are with a guest that you aren't comfortable with. You are less friendly and more serious. Your voice drops and is less animated. And she says, I'm guessing that, and she names two people here who are past guests. Uh, I'm, gu- I'm not going to mention the names, but she says, I'm guessing that this person was a disappointment to you when you were finally able to interview them, and also that this person seemed full of hype, and I felt that you sensed that as well. And she finally asks, I would like to know, and my question for you is, who are the people that you absolutely believe in? I have to admit, when I first saw this question, I was kind of scratching my head wondering what I would say to this on a number of different levels here. But as I got to thinking about it, I realized that there's so much here that really fits into my philosophy of this show in learning, but also of why I have the guests on that I do. And I know that. But I don't think that I've entirely articulated it well to the listening community. And so today, uh, a framework for that and also a direct answer to both of the the, the question, but also uh, some of the other things that Candace mentioned here as well. So first of all, thank you, Candace, for sending this in. And when I was thinking about this question, one of the uh, one of the things that came to mind for me was in episode number 186 when Jeff Spencer was on the show. By the way, he's not one of the people that she was referring to. Um, he, you may remember Jeff Spencer is, uh, was an Olympic cyclist and him and I had some conversation about what makes people champions. 
And it's a really uh, fascinating conversation. I hope you check it out if you haven't listened to it. But one of the things we talked about in that interview, I knew that he had worked with Lance Armstrong's team. And I was really interested in how he processed that whole thing when it came out with Lance Armstrong and the the doping scandal. And then when Lance eventually uh, eventually came clean, forgive the analogy, um, and and I was just curious, like, how did you handle that? Like, how did you process that of being someone who had, you know, worked to support him, not knowing this, and and uh, and 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 what did you do with that? Like, when a, someone who leads you is all of a sudden uh, not not as great as you thought they were, and I really liked his answer to that question. And he basically said, you hear it if you go back and listen to the interview, he said, you know, I, I've never looked at Lance Armstrong or really anyone else as either uh, as either someone who is a deity, like this, this, this perfect individual, or someone that was evil. We all do things that are great, and we all do things that we make bad mistakes. And so it was more of a, what could I learn from this person? And I really liked that response because that's very much how I look at the show. Uh, by the way, I don't believe I've had any evil guests on the show by any means, but I look at this show uh, from a standpoint of how can I learn? So to the question, who do I believe in? Well, let me answer that directly. First of all, I believe in my faith. I believe in my family, in Bonnie, in our kids. In our parents, both my parents and Bonnie's parents uh, are all wonderful leaders in my life, our close friends. Those are the people that I believe in. And, and also, some of the people I've worked with over the years, and, and particularly people that I've been really fortunate to be led by over the years, are people that I've believed in. And they're not people that, if I mention their names here, would be people hardly anyone would know because they've been people who have been important leaders in my life. And that's why I believe in them. So when I have a guest on the show, it's not necessarily someone I believe in or not. I don't really think about it through that framework. What I think about is, is this someone that has something valuable to say to the audience? And is this something that's going to be a win for everybody? I want it to be a win for me purely on a selfish level because I want uh, us to have a good show. I want the show audience to continue to grow. And I want to learn something too. If I'm going to spend my time interviewing someone and learning from them, I want them to teach me something that'll be helpful. I want it to be a win for them too. I, if they have a, a book or a resource or something out there they're doing in the world that they can promote to this audience and, and, and gain awareness about what they're doing in the world, I absolutely want them to have the opportunity to do that. And so you'll often hear on the show, people will come on and then they'll mention a book at the end of the interview that they'd recommend that you would go purchase if you found what they said to be a value. And I think that's a win-win because if you found them something they said to be a value, you're going to find a lot more value in the writing they've done or the product that or the service that they offer. And so I think that's a real win. But ultimately, what I'm thinking about and my decision point for whether or not someone comes onto the show or not, whether I extend an invitation, whether I accept an invitation when I'm introduced to someone, is 
are you going to get something that will help you lead today? And so I think about this framework of thinking about this dichotomy of evangelist versus archaeologist. And forgive the term, I'm not probably using these the way I should, and I don't mean the religious connotations of evangelist. My job on this show is not to evangelize people, although there certainly are people I've had on the show, and I always try to make it apparent, who I really do value their work. Uh, I've been a follower of their work for years. There's people I know well that I've, I've definitely endorse, and I always try to make that very intentional. But even for those people, when they're on the show, uh, my job is not primarily to help, is, is to evangelize them. My job is to be the archaeologist in that conversation, in the interview, so that You can get something of real value from them, whether you ever hear from them again or not. That's my primary concern. It's not to get the rest of the world to necessarily hear their message. It is to find the valuable nugget or information that you need to hear from them that is the reason that I asked them to be on the show in the first place. And sometimes it's something that comes out I didn't even know they were going to say or that was going to be of value. And to unearth that and to bring that out and to present it to you. And that's why when I'm interviewing someone, I have two focuses. The two focuses I have are number one, to listen. Not to look at a a list of pre-prepared interview questions or to think about my next question. Sure, there are times that I'm thinking about the next question, but, but I really try hard to focus my energy on listening to what they're saying. And then my second focus is to be curious. When someone says something, I think there's something more that's there. I think there's something deeper there that if they went into a little bit more depth on that will give you something that'll be helpful to you in your work today, that's something that I'm, I try to be as curious about as I can be. And that's why um, I received an email, I was two or three or four months ago from Susie, and she doesn't know this, but when she sent me this email, this is one of the, the finest compliments I have received over email in many, many months. And ironically, she had emailed about that episode I did with Dr. Jeff Spencer that I mentioned a few moments ago. And she emailed and said, today I listened to your podcast with Dr. Jeff Spencer. It's the first time in my short history of podcast listening that I actually listened to it twice. So many words of wisdom, such impact. I also had to smirk since your first three questions were exactly the same I had in my head as I was listening. It was uncanny. Genius? What did he mean? Three to five pivotal moments? What were those? Thank you for being so intuitive and alert. You make interviewing seem so easy and nonchalant when it is anything but. Susie, awesome email. (laughs) I really appreciate you saying that. And you're right, it's not easy. Um, And I so appreciate that because that is exactly, exactly what I'm trying to do on this show, is that you, when you're listening and you're wondering in your mind, wait a minute, that person just said something about genius and I want to know more and that I can be there in the moment as an interviewer to ask that question and to be listening well enough to not go off a script or pre-prepared questions, but to listen well enough that I can, 
uh, I can dig in exactly where you want me to go so I can really get the value from that person in such a way that'll help you in your work. And I will tell you, I fall short of that almost always. But that is my goal. So that's why I'm working to be an archaeologist each week when someone comes on the show. Uh, even in my conversations with Bonnie, is the more I can understand where she's coming from when we're answering and responding to those questions, uh, is to really see how can I listen well and be curious so that we have valuable conversations on this show for you. And that's also why I invite a lot of people on the show that you're not likely to hear in other places and not to hear on other podcasts. And I do have well-known people on the show that you will hear other places, but more often I try to have people on the show that you're not going to hear on every other podcast out there. But they're people that I know that have something really valuable to say. And it doesn't mean, by the way, that I agree with them. I've had people on this show that I have vastly different beliefs from, either in business, politics, leadership, or worldview in some way. And I'm going to continue to invite people on the show that think differently than me because I've already determined that they have something you'll benefit from hearing, and I'll benefit too. And the show's not about me at the end of the day. It's about how can this show help you to lead better? So my job is to uncover it to get that person to articulate what they believe, why they believe it, and how they think it can help your leadership. And then I present it to you in this podcast once a week. And it's your job to decide if that's something valuable to you. And if it is, to run with it and implement it. And if it's not, to hit delete. Or perhaps even better, Have you coming away from the show that week having listened to someone you don't agree with and for you to say, that's not the way I want to lead? That's a win for you. And if it's a win for you, then it's a win for me. There have been times on the show that I've had someone on who I didn't see eye to eye with on the vast majority of what they said, Uh, but then they would say one thing, sometimes toward the end of an interview, and it would totally be the most valuable thing I'd heard in weeks about leadership or working with people, or it would reframe my thinking on something that I thought for years. And I think that that is a way that if I can offer that to you as well and challenge you to think differently and to always be getting better and to recognize that everyone is your superior in some way, that that is a gift that I can give to you. Everyone has something to teach you. If for nothing else, patience with the people that you disagree with. (laughs) That's something I'm definitely still working on too. So that's my job, to uncover the value. And it's your job to decide how to use it or not. So Candace, just uh, so you don't think I'm completely punting on this question of who do I believe in, hopefully I've answered that somewhat, but let's talk about belief a little bit because I actually am trying to get you to believe in somebody. And I didn't fully realize that until I first saw this question and then saw some of the emails that have come in recently on various topics or questions or feedback about the show. I do want you to come away from this show each week with a strong belief in somebody. And that belief is not in this week's guest or Bonnie or me or anyone else who ever contributes to the show. I want you believing in you. Yes, you can lead. 
And you can do it with authenticity and integrity through consistent learning. Now, belief does not mean perfection. <laughs> one, of, uh, one of the authors that I follow and I like, uh, who I've read a few of her books, is Anne Lamont. And uh, Lamont writes on a few different topics. Uh, she has written fiction, and she's also become very well-known as someone who writes on writing. Uh, she has a very popular book called Bird by Bird, which if you are a writer in any capacity, you have to read that book. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. And she also writes on faith. And I love her quote about faith. She says, the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's certainty. And for me, that is very much about this show and leadership as well, because I think sometimes that we feel like we have to have it all figured out. And the reality is, is that we don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, it's probably better if we don't. Now, let me... Before going further, also go back to the first part of your email, Candace. You noticing a different tone of my voice with some guests. And uh, by the way, the people that she cited whose names I took out uh, were both on the show a while ago, not recently. And both of them are pretty well-known people. If I mentioned their names, a majority of you would probably recognize them either from the show or, or their names in general. And so uh, to answer your question, why is there a different tone in my voice with those people and when I interviewed them? Well, that's a really easy answer, actually, Candace. That's fear. <laughs> fear, fear, fear. That is trying too hard to ask the perfect question. That is wanting to make a good impression with a well-known guest. So that's why you hear a difference in my voice when it's a guest I'm not comfortable with, especially earlier on in this podcast, you know, two, three, four years ago, which is the guest you were referring to was more earlier on. And it's not because of them. It's me. It's because I was nervous, too focused on myself. I can't think of a time that I've been seriously disappointed with a guest. I mean, certainly there have been guests I've liked more than others on this show, but I, I really can't think of a time I was disappointed in someone or that they didn't bring exactly what I hoped they would bring or didn't say something of value for people. But I can sure as heck think of a lot of times I was disappointed in myself. When people email me about the show and send in feedback, a, a common email that I get is someone will have found the show and then I'll get an email a month or two after they found the show and they, they'll, it'll go something like this. I'll say, hey, I found the show. It's been really helpful in this way. I listened to a couple recent episodes and now I've decided to go through the back catalog and start listening from the, the first episode and I'll work my three way through all the shows. And whenever I get an email like that, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, I am both uh, thrilled and, and horrified <laughs> all at the same time. I'm thrilled because I have always produced this show in a way that if you listen to this episode today or tomorrow or five years from now, it's going to hopefully be just as valuable to you as it would be, you know, if you listen to it immediately. And, uh, you know, there's some logistical things with having questions come in and all that that obviously are more current with the recent shows. 
but that the show is always a value to you. And so I, I am just so honored and um, and humbled when someone emails in and says they're going back and going through the catalog because they found the show to be valuable enough that they go back and do that. And at the same time, I'm also horrified a bit because there's a part of me that wants to go through the list and be like, uh, maybe you could skip over that one or you could skip over this one. And but 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 here's the thing is I'm never going to go back and take those out as least as long as our podcast feed holds up and iTunes is able to catalog all them. I'm not going to go out and take out the shows that I didn't, looking back now with two or three or four years reflection that I don't think were as good or or I didn't do as good a job interviewing or as good a job articulating my thoughts on something. I'm not going to take those out because people need to see that. People need to see that it's not perfect. People need to see that I've had a progression in my learning on how to do this and that uh, I gave it my best shot each time. And sometimes that worked out great. And sometimes that worked out pretty good. And sometimes the show might have been mediocre. And it wasn't because I didn't believe at the time that it was a good show. But now I look back and I've learned and I've grown. So that doesn't mean there are junk shows out there on this on this feed. Uh authenticity doesn't mean just putting anything out there. Uh, That's not authenticity. That's self-centered and irresponsible if I was to do that. And I've never done that on this show. But there are certainly times if I look back and I go, wow, you know, that is something I could have done better knowing what I know now. So to go back to the quote here from Anne Lamont, the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's certainty. If I reframed that quote around leadership and maybe even the show, if I dare go there, the quote would be, the opposite of leadership is not failure. It's an expectation of perfection. We have to be willing to be bad at something and then maybe even mediocre for a while. And then maybe, maybe, you start to get some flashes of good. And sometimes that may not be years into something, whether that's running a podcast, leading a team, being a parent, whatever capacity you find yourself interacting with others and leading, there is always going to be that time where you're, if you're truly learning, where there's bad and mediocre and okay for a while. In uh, the best-selling book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell looked at the people out there who truly, he calls outliers, but are the truly exceptional people. Uh, It profiles many exceptional people in the book. And he asked the question, what is it that, that got these people to really be the outliers, to be truly exceptional at what they do? And one of the interesting findings he had in this book is that if you really look at the histories of some of the people out there who are the outliers, is often that they've had tremendous amount of time and experience of doing something and developing a skill. And he's zeroed in in his research on the, the uh, time frame of 10,000 hours. And you'll hear this a lot in business culture because it's become a popular, uh, popular um, uh, touchstone for development and length of time. But whether you buy into the 10,000 or 5,000, it it doesn't matter so much what the number is, but it's the concept of it. And he uses the example in the book of Bill Gates and Paul Allen, the guys who founded Microsoft, and how hard those guys worked 
to get access to computers back in the 70s. They were of college age. They dropped out of school. And they spent money and worked to get access to lab time, something at the time that was really quite rare. You know, it wasn't like today where there's a computer on every desk. They really were intentional about getting in front of computers. And they spent hours and hours and hours and hours developing and honing the skill of programming. And by the time they started Microsoft, they both had over 10,000 hours of programming experience. Now, 10,000 hours, for me at least, is one of those numbers that's kind of hard to get my head around, like how much time is that really? And so let me just put it in the framework of something that maybe is helpful for you and me is just thinking about this show. So how many hours has this show been going? Well, 197 episodes, average of about 40 minutes per show. That's what, 125, 130, 135 hours in? over four years of doing this, I haven't even scratched the surface on 10,000. And I feel like I've been doing this a while. (laughs) I feel like I've gotten a lot better than I was at the beginning. And so I think this is a really important point for all of us is Bill Gates didn't just drop out of college, become an entrepreneur and make it big overnight. Sure. I mean, Those things happened. He dropped out of college, he became an entrepreneur, and he made it big. But that's only part of the story. There's this piece about the 10,000 hours missing from the story that often isn't even realized. Think about 10,000 hours in the context of the work you do and divide out the numbers and the amount of weeks and months and years that would really be. 197 episodes in, and I'm just now starting to get to feel like I'm at a place where I can articulate what this show's really about. And I have no doubt, absolutely zero doubt, that I won't be continuing to learn and messing things up as I go along. Woe to me if I ever feel like I'm getting it perfectly right on this show. Here's what this show is really about. It's about the email that I got this week. It goes like this. As a truck driver for almost 28 years, I'm currently enrolled in an MBA in operations and supply chain management. Good for you. But I'm still insecure in my ability to move into corporate from my current position. Thank you for doing this podcast so that I can listen and gain valuable advice from leaders to give me some security in my ability. If by chance I do get into a leadership position, Since my current career kind of inhibits me from networking effectively or even finding a mentor, I get my mentoring by listening to podcasts and by listening to audiobooks and your help. I'm happy to call you a mentor. Thank you again for the podcast. You're welcome. And that's what this show's about. Helping people believe in themselves. You know, I tend to be a quieter person. I was never the popular kid in school. I don't have an extroverted personality. I don't make friends easily. I have a big fear of public speaking. I'm not the kind of person that you'd think of when considering who should be leading projects for corporate training and development programs or training or teaching or coaching or hosting a podcast. But here I am because I'm stubborn. And in all the places I've struggled with in my life on with people and communications in my life and in my career, I was willing to hang in there and learn. 
These are doable skills. You can learn them. I assure you it's true. If it wasn't, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. And if I can do it, I assure you, almost anybody can. So that's why, starting next week, the introduction to this show will change. Yes, the show will continue to help leaders improve their communication and strategy and coaching and productivity and personal mastery and all the other things I say up in the front of the show, but that's not really what this show is about. This show is about you. Yes, you can lead, and you can do it with authenticity and integrity through consistent learning. I fully intend to go down that road with you as long as it's possible for me and as long as you continue to give me the privilege of being part of your development each week. So Candace, that is way more than you bargained for <laughs> in this question, but I so appreciate you asking it and for giving me the chance to clarify my thinking about this podcast for your benefit and for mine. I'm curious if your thoughts are similar on the show, or maybe you think really differently than I do. Either way, I would really value your feedback. And the best way to send feedback is to go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And speaking of feedback, the next Q&A show is coming up in just three more episodes. Episode 200 is coming very soon. Bonnie will be back in studio. And unlike the last few months, I don't have as many questions that have come in in the last couple of weeks. And so there's lots of opportunity to ask questions and still have it considered for that episode. So please do send in your question if you're thinking about something that you think would be of value to our community and you're wondering about, and we'll do our best to tackle that. And of course, as always, I'm cataloging the ongoing resources and materials on the resources page for leaders, and that's at coachingforleaders.com slash resources. And speaking of resources, if you aren't already uh, participating in the weekly leadership guide, I hope that you will. The leadership guide is delivered to your inbox each Wednesday and always includes my thoughts and recommendations on articles, podcasts, videos, uh, resources I found online, books, things that I think will help support your development between the Monday shows. And it also includes a brief overview and link to the weekly show notes each week. And anytime I have a guest, I always link to them and the book and resources they've talked about. So if you listen on the go like me, it'll give you a good way to follow up and connect after the show. And as a bonus, when you join the leadership guide, you'll get access to my reader's guide that lists the 10 leadership books that will help get you better results from others and brief summaries for me on the value of each of those books. That's an 11-page guide, and there's also a nine-minute video that goes along with that. So if you're, if you're not someone who likes to read a lot and you just want to get the fast version on video, uh, that's the way to do it. And you can get access to all of that at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe is how to jump onto the weekly leadership guides. Again, coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And thanks to all of you who have continued to join. And speaking of community members joining, I am so pleased each week to be able to bring a voice from the listening community in. 
in the community member spotlight. I so appreciate so many of you have been participating in this in the last two months. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well too. And if you'd like to participate in an upcoming spotlight, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash spotlight and you'll get all the details there. And this week I am thrilled to be able to feature Chris Winch. Hi, my name is Chris Winch. I'm from the UK. Uh, I found Dave and Coaching for Leaders from iTunes around two years ago, and I listen to the show religiously on a Monday morning while I'm doing my 10K run. I really enjoy the show and the range of subjects that Dave has covered, and I often refer back to the episodes on a uh, daily uh, and weekly basis just to actually make sure that I'm doing the correct thing, I'm looking to change my uh, daily work on a, on a regular basis and just to refresh what I'm doing and how I'm leading my teams. I really enjoyed the Chris Hatfield show, uh, the NASA uh, astronaut, and Chris was talking about control um, and building a team. Um, first of all, going in a team and not trying to make contributions instantly listening to a team, understanding their culture and their the way they do business, and then looking at where you can add value to really make an impact in that team fairly quickly, but not rushing in and making decisions before you know the business. And I've taken that on into my current role, and it's been a really successful strategy. So thank you very much for that. But I do love the range of subjects that Dave has covered, one thing I'm looking for in the next couple of uh, months is how to really write uh, fantastic individual development plans uh, for both myself and for my teams. We talk about the 70% on project work, the 20% on co with coaches and mentoring, and then the 10% on courses. Is that something that really works or should I be looking to really drive my team more down the coaching and mentoring route? I'm not a great believer in doing lots and lots of courses for people. So just what great looks like in terms of individual development plans and how they should be structured. So thanks a lot, Bonnie and Dave. Really enjoyed the show. Please keep up the great work. And uh, if you're ever over in the UK, give me a call. We'll have a beer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Chris, you can count on a beer the next time I'm in the UK and maybe I'll join you for the 10K run too. Hey, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to record this. And yes, astronaut Chris Hatfield, the former commander of the International Space Station, was on the show about a year ago. It was episode 149. And Chris, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you bringing that up. I had forgotten he mentioned that. He, is the concept he was talking about was being a zero, not trying to add or take away value when you've joined a team for the first time. And I've just started working with a new team at Dale Carnegie in this last week or two. And I was trying to think of my strategy for approaching things. And I am totally going to go back to that conversation and use his strategy. So thank you so much for that. And thanks also for the suggestions on the development plans. Great ideas. I'm adding them onto the list and I hope to bring more to you real soon. Thanks, everyone. I hope this episode's been valuable to you and I'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>